0: Visit www.paulsonandnace.com or call 202-463-1999. All right, today on CityCast DC, DC is making plans. Uh, It's a little late, guys, about the future of Chinatown. This comes a month after the Wizards and the Capitals announced that they want to move to Virginia. I'm here with CityCast's Priyanka Tilve and Julia Karen. Plus, there's some changes on the horizon for DC traffic policy. And it's about to be MLK Day. We have a roundup of ways you can spend the day volunteering. Today is Friday, January 12th. I'm Michael Schaefer, and here's what DC is talking about. Uh, All right. So the mayor of DC, Muriel Bowser, announced this week that she's created a task force. Politicians love task forces. They do. It will shape the future (laughs) of Chinatown. It has a bunch of uh, people from the development community. It is honorary chaired by two former mayors, Tony Williams and Adrian Fenty. People from Jose Andres' group are in the mix. Um, And the idea is, you know, we got to look at at what this neighborhood and probably by extension downtown and the the part of downtown that deals with the uh, entertainment and, and bringing folks in after hours, what that is going to look like if the teams succeed in leaving. Um, and there was a lot of talk around the time they announced of uh, their being dissatisfied with the amount of like, panhandling and crime and so on around there. That's the news this week.
1: Right. I mean, I imagine it's not even just about what do we do with the space if the capstan was leave? But Bowser is also still trying that last ditch effort of getting them to stay. Um, I don't have very high hopes for this, but there is a $500 million offer on the table um, for renovations for Capital One Arena for them to stay in DC. And I imagine she's launching this task force now being like, look, don't go. We will work with you. We will figure out what your concerns are. And this task force is going to solve it for you, which I'm not (laughs) very optimistic about. But I think that is part of the play.
0: Yeah. I mean, for the, the hopes of a lot of downtown D.C. boosters are riding on the success of NIMBYs in Alexandria. Um, I know. H- hoping against hope that they managed to kill this proposal. But look, what struck me uh, about this thing, I mean, it, it felt like very like back to the future for for like those of us who remember the like dawning of the uh, Tony Williams era.
1: And, and what was his era again? When was he mayor?
0: He was elected mayor in uh, 1998. He was elected mayor after the fourth uh, term of Marion Barry. The city's finances had gone in the toilet. Uh, Williams had been the chief financial officer, was credited with kind of restoring city's financial integrity and with being, you know, after a, a really sort of populist figure like Barry, with being a real wonk and like restoring mm-hmm. kind of nerdy, good government competence to city government. And this document, I mean, first of all, he is up there as the honorary chair, and and he's been you know, since he left mayor's office, he's been sort of deployed as this person who will validate your uh, standing as like a good, responsible uh, civic steward. Um, But it's full of like wonky words that were used a lot in those days. The four areas of focus for the group are visioning, activation, investments and incentives, and community engagement. But words like visioning used to get (laughs) tossed around a lot. Um, uh, And, uh, you know, it, what what felt like both you know retro and kind of like amazing, Alyssa Silverman pointed this out on Twitter. Uh, the former DC council member, progressive, you know, are we going back to the '90s where when Williams became mayor, the city was considered to be in deep trouble and. You know, they didn't put it this way, but a lot of the policies were designed to make Washington a safe place again for rich people, for people to come who are are able to pay a lot of taxes, who will spend money, who will uh, boost the tax base. And, um, you know, it was quite, it was very successful, but a lot of people felt like the, you know, folks who lost out in that, the city became a a more expensive place, a, a harder place to not have money, even though the government got much better at delivering services to the needy. And we're sort of back to that. And on one hand, it makes sense. Like Ted Leonsis announced he wanted to leave for reasons that were very 80s and 90s. You know, the city is dangerous and criminal and so on. Mm -hmm. And the fear was that the downtown, as a result of this, will go back to feeling like it did in the 80s and 90s, which is to say, like kind of abandoned and empty and as, as a result of not having people around, feeling a little scary. So on the one hand... Kind of bringing back that approach of like, what can we do to, to make this place safe for people who have money to spend? Seems like a pretty solid move. On the other hand, for people who've thought for the last 10 or 20 years that the great crisis facing the city is that it's a really tough place for not just poor people, but middle-class people to afford to live, that's not going to be the forefront of this kind of conversation for quite obvious reasons.
2: Right. And one interesting thing about this is so downtown DC released a survey for like residents and just people in the area to be like, hey, like these are my problems with downtown Chinatown. And the big question is that they've listed is what do you consider to be the most primary issues in the Gallery Place Chinatown area? And it's like a check all that apply, and it's like aggressive panhandling, lack of lighting, loitering, and noise levels, public safety, reduced pedestrian activity, and like retail vacancies, like. None of the primary issues are like- it's the rent is unaffo- too damn high. Yeah. Mm. None of the issues are, it is unaffordable for me to go out and spend right. my money, which I right. find very
0: interesting. And just to be clear, like I don't, like these issues that are, you know, and it's a, calling it a survey is a little grand. I think it's got two questions. <laughs> That's true. Um,
1: That's true. They have to make it manageable, you know? It's more of a poll. <laughs> yeah. And one uh, is, one is are you test. interested
0: in collaborating with us on solutions to strengthen the Gallery Place Chinatown area now and in the future, right? I can't imagine a lot of people are going to say no to that. But look, these things: the pan, aggressive panhandling, loitering, public safety. These are legit, legit concerns, and they were big concerns in the '80s and '90s for good reason, and they're big concerns now for good reason. But the the other piece of kind of the DC puzzle of how do you make this a city where you know you can afford to to buy a house and raise a family on a you know non Law firm kind of salary, Mm -hmm. those are not going to be the forefront of this because right now it's kind of a a scramble to keep the like entertainment glitzy image from falling apart.
2: I don't know, guys. If you were on this panel of people that's going to help the downtown Chinatown area, what would you do? Like, well, I
0: would first of all do some serious visioning. I would <laughs> I, I would besides vision that. long into the night. Secondly,
2: um, I would be doing
1: activationing. I know. Yeah, but so that's the next step for sure.
2: These are big time consultant words where like we're going to whiteboard a thing and we're going to synergize it and we're going to make a deck about it, right? Like big time consultant vibes on this.
0: Um but look at, you know, it's it's also like this is a political uh, system a, a mayor and a, uh, and a city government responding to something that feels like an emergency, right? Mm-hmm. They got uh, they feel like they got sucker punched. That might not be a accurate feeling because they probably should have known, but they feel like they've they've been been whacked over the head.
1: Yeah, I do you uh, think Ted was pretty vocal for a while?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, they feel like they've been whacked over the head and they've got to like fix it, right? They've got to either convince the owners and the teams not to go or find some other. Uh, fix that can be rolled out and avoid having people's confidence crater. Uh so like this is what happens when you govern uh in an atmosphere where you're responding to em- emergencies. Uh if you are uh, in a situation of confidence and serenity and able to like actually think about like the future in a less uh urgent way, you know that's when it's probably a little more politically feasible to focus on things like hey can a school teacher afford to live here?
1: For sure. Yeah. Um to your question Julia, I think one of the main things they need to do is get those empty storefronts filled with mm-hmm. like not chains ideally. There's so many chains, like chain restaurants and chain fast food spots in Chinatown that it's not as enticing for people to go out there. I think having more local spaces would be cool and I guess I mean obviously there's the the panhandling and stuff they have to deal with. I don't know how they would deal with that, but that's up there for sure
0: i mean honestly i would be happy to have uh chains restored because there's a lot of empty storefronts that used to be uh operated by chains and it's better to have you know h&m uh than Than nothing
1: oh sure i was thinking food but yeah you're right like i would be okay with chain like clothing brands and stuff um if it gets people down there but but, this is the
0: other like conundrum when you're like sprucing up a place you build new buildings right you build the The arena there, and that raises real estate uh, values, and then it's hard for like you know Priyanka's food joint to Mm -hmm. uh, afford the rent. So she's going to open in some far flung neighborhood, and like you know TGI Fridays can afford the rent. Right. Although I think they've just closed a bunch of DC area places. Yeah, they did. Anyway, they've got like developers, including the folks behind Union Market, as part of this task force. It's not just made up of people who want nothing but like. Uh, uh, chain genericness.
1: Mm, Yeah. Less McDonald's, more Jose Andres. Mm.
0: It's time to get dressed up, D.C. So Others Might Eat is having its Young Professionals Network Spring Soiree. That's to help raise funds for homelessness in D.C., the gala is on the evening of May 17th at the National Museum of Women in the Arts. There will be live music from DJ Heat from the Washington Wizards, photo booths, food, and even a special appearance by a former actor from Pretty Little Liars. Wow. There will also be a canned food drive, so be sure to bring a few cans to support SUM's Food Pantry. Grab tickets before they're gone at sum.org slash springsoiree. That's S-O-M-E dot springsoiree. See you there.
3: When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out.
0: Also on the uh, municipal change front, there's a bunch of like traffic proposals. Some of them kind of innocuous. Some of them uh, that'll actually be uh, kind of notable to people, particularly people in cars. Julia, you have been reading a bunch about them. What's going on?
2: All right. So over the last week, the council voted twelve to zero in a first round ballot vote for more booting and towing of vehicles involved in speeding, even if the tickets on those vehicles are paid. Ooh Yeah. Basically, the goal here is to get people who are speeding and breaking the law off the street. If you were wondering if this has a fancy acronym that spells out a thing, you better believe it does. It's called... Oh my the God, S- you
1: read my mind.
2: I know, right? Uh, the bill is called the STEER Amendment Act. It stands for Strengthening Traffic Enforcement, Education, and Responsibility. So, STEER, indeed. STEER, indeed. Do with that what you will. It also gives the D.C. Attorney General basically the right to... Sue drivers inside and outside the district. So this would qualify like Maryland and Virginia drivers, lookout buds, uh, to be sued, not just for unpaid speeding tickets, but also to sp- like suspend their driving privileges in the wow. district, which is wild. I don't know how you would go about figuring that out and how that would work, but like Godspeed, if you're trying to get crazy Maryland drivers off the road, I know we are a, a certain breed of driver and we are insane. And honestly, like I kind of welcome it, but like, I don't know how you implement that. Well, I mean, um, I'm,
1: I'm guessing then like, Police would have lists of license plates, essentially, and if there's a Maryland driver that's got a bunch of unpaid speeding tickets, is on this list, and then a, a trooper sees that license plate in the district, they get to stop them and I, I don't know, make them stop driving, arrest them, get their car towed. I'm It'll I just know. be like
0: appended. If they get pulled over or something else, that means the the penalties even more.
2: Yeah,
1: something uh,
0: like that. But look at you know we've we've had like. Like a couple of like terrible accidents involving people who shouldn't have been driving, whose, mm-hmm. uh, whose licenses should have been suspended. We've had anger about the amount of money and unpaid tickets that is out there that DC needs mm-hmm. um, and folks being able to continue to register their car and, and everything. Um, this is gonna be, I suspect one of these ones where like there's this like pretty open and shut to me uh, traffic policy thing. Um, but that is going to crash into uh, culture stuff and class stuff. the The only member of the council who didn't vote yes on this was Trayon White, who yep. represents Ward Eight, uh, which has some of the most uh, dense concentrations of poverty in D.C. He uh, was trying to uh, stop these measures that will double uh, ticket prices and and stop people from registering uh, if they've got outstanding tickets um that makes sense he represents people who don't have a lot of money and a culture um you know working class culture that is much less enamored with like look at me i'm on a bike than a college educated Mm -hmm. culture it's not that's not that that's the entirety of his district but like there's a lot of people in our community and in our country who uh, you know still see cars as like a sign of your independence and your Dignity and your ability to to like move around society, and are going to be wary of things that they see as discriminating against that.
1: Also, I mean, in general, a lot of resources in that part of town are more spread out. They have right. the grocery yeah. stores. You yes. need a car to get between yeah. those spots, right?
0: Um, and then there's this like national thing, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know, last year in the budget process on, in Congress, the Republicans added a bunch of policy writers that would impact DC, saying like. DC is not allowed to ban right turns on red, which had been a proposal, and targeting, you know, automated traffic enforcement. These are not law yet; they will be part of whatever budget haggling goes on uh, soon. But again, it's a sign of like culture war over cars that uh, you know this view of uh, fancy city people uh, with their uh, you know, bikes and their scooters. We don't like them and they're they're trying to preach to us. That's the kind of attitude. This has a a, a pretty big purchase nationally in like a sort of culture war-driven politics. And when there's a more rural party represented that, that holds the majority in the Congress, these kinds of things are going to happen to a place that doesn't have self-rule.
2: For sure. Basically, like DC wants to implement a lot more cameras to try and enforce some of this. And It turns out getting rid of them is bad because according to the DC like budget office, like in the district, the majority of tickets are issued by those automatic traffic cameras, not by cops. So like cops aren't going out and pulling people over and doing the thing where they like write you a citation or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's all this camera stuff. And basically more than 95% of the 1.4 million tickets issued in 2022 were coming from those cameras. And those tickets generated $113 million in fines. And so- In 2024, in the fiscal year, D.C. wants to add 342 more cameras.
0: I mean, to be be clear, they shouldn't be budgeting based on giving tickets to citizens. The goal of giving tickets should be to get people to not drive like lunatics.
2: Yes.
1: Right. Which is why I really like this original bill that we were talking about, the one that just passed a first vote, because I think that part of the problem is that a lot of the people speeding are like, I don't care. Yeah. I can afford to pay the fine. And then secondly, there has been, like Mike said earlier, this whole problem with DC not actually effectively collecting fines. So yeah, there are people out there that are like, I don't have to pay. What are they going to do? How are they going to catch me? And so this more serious step of booting and towing vehicles, even if the tickets are paid, feels like a really good step in the right direction for getting unsafe drivers off the road. Because as Mike said, we've had a lot of really dangerous accidents in the past few years.
3: Hey DC, one of the reasons hosting this show is so important to me is this statistic from the U.S. Surgeon General. Ready for it? The percentage of Americans who report feeling very attached to their community is only 16%. Now, there's a lot of ways to look at that number, which, by the way, is pre-pandemic data. But here's how I'm thinking about it. CityCast DC is something that we're building to make it easier for you to feel attached to this community. I don't want anyone to feel lonely or bored here in DC. I want you to know how you can help make this city more fun and more livable and where all the good local stuff is at. And if you think we're doing a good job, I'm asking if you'll become a member of CityCast DC today at membership.citycast.fm. You'll get exclusive perks like ad-free listening, event invites, and members-only guides. But most of all, you'll be part of a project dedicated to making the number of D.C. residents who feel attached to this community a heck of a lot higher than 16%. See you over at membership.citycast.fm, and thank you. Um,
0: All right, listeners, you are not going to hear CityCast on Monday because it is a national holiday. It's uh, MLK Day. And uh, I assume that some folks will be spending the day uh, doing national holiday kinds of things, uh, like uh, shopping or hanging out. But MLK Day is a a day where a a lot of folks have sought to make it a day when instead of just uh, recreating, you are going to do something to make your community a better place. Uh, And our newsletter has a bunch of suggestions for that. What are some of your faves, Priyanka?
1: Yeah, so... Our newsletter editor, Kayla, she put together this really great list of volunteer opportunities. You can also find it on our website, dc.citycast.fm. And I just, I won't go through the whole list because it's actually pretty long, which is great. Um, But some of the ones that I thought were fun, um, there is the National Park Service often has volunteer opportunities on days like this. On Monday, you could help with invasive plant removal on Teddy Roosevelt Island. So obviously, really fun area of town to hang out. Lots of Nice trails to walk along, but there are a lot of invasive plants. And we actually reported on this earlier this year, also in the newsletter, about how the invasive plant situation in DC has gotten kind of out of control to the extent that our local forests are suffering and in danger of not continuing to survive because of those invasive plants. So from 10 to 12 on Monday, you could go to Teddy Roosevelt Island, spend some time outside, help the National Park Service remove those invasive plants. Pretty cool. Sick. There's also Open Crumb, which is a spot in Anacostia. They have this thing called their bread coin team. Um, Bread coins from Open Crumb were kind of like gift certificates at participating food vendors. And so on Monday, again, from 12 to 2 p.m. this time, you could help pass out bread coins and educate the community on how to use them. So that's kind of helping combat hunger. And along the same lines, if you don't have Monday off, but you want to volunteer, you want to participate in MLK weekend, DC Central Kitchen has an opportunity that is the day before. So on Sunday at 9 a.m., you can help DC Central Kitchen prepare and distribute food. That's happening in Navy Yard. Again, an initiative to combat hunger in the district.
2: Yeah. I've worked with DC Central Kitchen. I volunteered with them growing up, helping to prep food. And like, it's really cool, honestly, that like you're just like, Obviously, you're slicing onions and you're like crying through it a little bit, right? Because you need to bulk (laughs) cut onions, basically. Um, But yeah, it goes into meals that like actually really matter to people. And so, yeah, if you're into cooking, highly recommend the DC Central Kitchen one. That's the one I've done in the past.
1: I love that you've done that. That's the one that appeals to me the most too, actually. And so I'm I'm thinking of doing that on Sunday.
0: Well, I hope you guys have a awesome weekend, whatever it is you do. Julia, awesome to see you.
2: Yep. Same to you, Mike.
0: Thank you, Priyanka.
2: Yeah, thanks, Mike.
0: And that is all for today here on CityCast DC. Our senior executive producer is Priyanka Tilvey. Our senior producer is Julia Karen. Our producer is Elizabeth Kama. Our newsletter writer is Kayla Cote-Stemmerman. Our production assistant is Ash Durbin. And our hosts are Bridget Todd and me, Michael Schaefer from Politico. Music is by Alex Roldan. If you enjoyed the show, think of us while you are visioning or maybe (laughs) activationing. At any rate, tell your friends and subscribe to the newsletter. We'll be back Tuesday morning with more news from around the city. Bye.